Hi everyone, welcome to the first discussion of uh, War... Oh my god, War Host of Vast Mark. <laughs> that is always difficult to say. It is the third book of the Wars of Light and Shadow series by Jani Wertz. Um, we have been reading approximately 200 pages every two weeks and discussing them. Uh, this time we are reading three chapters every two weeks for Warhost because there are nine chapters and it's nice to break it up uh, evenly like that. Um, yeah, today we're talking about chapters one to three. I have three wonderful people <laughs> with me. Uh, Chibi Po, would you like to start us off with introductions? Of course. Uh, I'm Chibi Po, longtime reader of uh, Jenny's works um, and, you know, commenter on them on Twitter, you know, lately because there's not really anything else to do on Twitter. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Cool. Play commentary. Play commentary on that last long on Twitter. Don't worry, you'll you'll be found out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My name's Chris Mullen. Sometimes YouTuber, sometimes appear on other people's channels. I'm first time reader of War Host of Vast Mark. He looks to his left to make sure he gets in the right order because I always want to say War Mark of Vast Host. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, like the Mark and the Host get switched around the other way. And as soon as I said it loud, I know it's wrong, but I'm like. Yeah, vast host. That's very biking or something. <laughs> Tongue twisting. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jared, the fantasy thinker YouTube channel, um, and uh, first time reader of uh, Jenny Wertz's works here. Um, and so, uh, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were some fast paced chapters. I yes. read them all in one day <laughs> because I was behind, but I did not regret doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, book three oh, uh, picks um, up right where book two left off, really. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Uh, do we want to you know, uh, kick off with that opening? Yes. Wow. Setwir in a bath is uh, my <laughs> new favorite way to start a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Setwir moping in a bath. And then he's like, oh, wait, this is not good <laughs> yeah but but the bath was i i of all the ways i could have predicted the, this book would start <laughs> this wouldn't have been on my list at all so it was brilliant <laughs> the image of sethry taking a bath <laughs> for some reason is hilarious but yes it it ramps up from there and it gets interesting really fast yeah because he yeah, yeah. we get um Oh, go ahead. As I say, yeah, you know, we get we get one of those, you know, uh, almost understated, you know, because they're they're you know they comment or they're thinking about how difficult it is to do this, but you know the thing happens, and then they're you know we got to ward the entire planet, you know, to protect it, and they just they just do it. They're not mm -hmm. even thinking, you know, uh, about you know, and then you know then you know the the race comes screaming in and you, you you catch that part where it's like they do all this all this effort to put these wards up in the race because of you know the nature of the race just punch right through it yeah and the nature of yeah, these race, um, yeah it's like ha huh, you can't keep us out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they have it, it it was mentioned in this chapter that the myths mist wraith is uh, you know the entity created from like a misguided meddling with the law of the major balance and that was a interesting line and uh 
I know that's that's kind of popped up before a little bit, but um, the, their battle with these mist rates in this in this it was in the tower, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, it was exciting, exciting battle to read about, and it was a lot of fun, and it, it was just amazes me that um, these these powerful sorcerers are having this much trouble with these cursed myths mist rates um, that are you know were created because of something that happened i guess a long time ago with this you know misguided meddling uh, um, um we, we well we know we know the origins of the people that um that created it um because we know that they you know that was mentioned in the last book where he met with the Sabridian brothers some deer and he remarked that you know there were people who wanted to to play with you know, high technology and whatnot um, along certain lines that are prescribed from being used on Ethereum. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they got sent through Southgate. Um, but I don't think he ever says when, and I don't think Jenny has mentioned, no. you know, or, or given a specific time frame on it. That's something I'd really want to ask about how long it was. But uh, oh, we right. know from Caradmon in this one that, they apparently started, you know, got to built on technology and like uh, uh, really advanced stuff. And then they started playing around with merging, you know, uh, machine. machine and man. And, you know, they <clears throat> kind of went Borg and got out of control and, you know, just started eating everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and we get these. So, yeah. We like you said, we don't know exactly how long, but we're getting we're getting more clues as we go along. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, they mentioned um, on here that there's uh, there's a was it Luhane? Luhane? Is that mm-hmm. who it is? Was drawn back across the veil of mysteries by the doings of a necromancer. So I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I what thought it was, that was the referring race. to. I thought uh, the veins were brought back. Sorry, go ahead, Jimmy Paul. Yeah, he was um, some necromancer, and keep that in mind. Um, uh, necromancers will come up again. Uh, um, okay, it, and it's mentioned something about over the frost-burned waste of Scarpdale, so I wasn't sure what that was either. Uh, that is Scarpdale is in Havish slash Southern Tizane, I think. So um, I haven't seen it yet. Really, is probably yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see that location. So we'll, we'll get there too. Okay, so lots of breadcrumbs. Yeah, breadcrumbs are being <laughs> yeah. thrown at us. But yeah, it's it's a it's a spot on the continent. But they yeah. um, yeah, there there was some necromancer, you know, pulling you know people's you know spirits back across the veil and doing whatever it is that necromancers do to them, and right. you know, Luhane was you know like, hey, you know, that's not cool. You know, you put these guys back to, you know, let them rest and whatnot. Yeah, so we don't we not only get this exciting battle, but we're also getting these little hints thrown at us for, mm. for, for other stuff yeah. too. And uh yeah. just awesome, beautifully done. <laughs> uh yeah, there was loads of little crumbs there, like uh, how actually part of the solution is is with the master board and, and music will play actually long term, you know, and that kind of mm. leads on to some stuff later on. But I think one of the main things that it kind of goes to show is like we've been preoccupied sort of with the bad element being the mystery itself that is this day year, which has been uh, inhabiting the two princes. 
you know, being the scale of the evil. But actually, I think this ramps it up another little bit to say, like, even these powerful group of sorcerers in the fellowship are sort of out of their depth even at this moment to contain mm. the power and the evil and the destructive nature of, of these wraiths in totality because obviously some of them have been trapped off by Traith when he was able to shut the gate you know from cursing them as Traith etc when he lost his thing but actually even the, the one side that's open now is still a major problem yeah, yeah. so they're no, wielding second. sorry go ahead no no go ahead um, they're wielding enough power to potentially destroy the planet and they're still not able to contain it. And also they have long-term effects, centuries-long effects of the beacon that they set. It appears to be several missteps by the Fellowship. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's easy, given how powerful they are, to think that they are... Um, infallible maybe or at least that they make they won't make mistakes on this scale but they did also the mystery is the result of putting a bunch of people who are doing bad things on the same planet so it's a bit like what what were you expecting <laughs> um but yeah um yeah it was interesting to see the fellowship make so many mistakes i think in the curse of mistrate also we saw some outcomes that appeared to be mistakes by the fellowship because they didn't they apparently picked Lysa wrongly or at least there seemed to be some regret about that because the mistrate had already acquired uh, Arathon's knowledge of um, was it the mysteries or just magecraft? Grand Conjury, yeah. Mm -hmm. Grand Conjury, right. And um, yeah, so the fellowship has been making a lot of mistakes which is interesting yeah. to me that that yeah. body so powerful uh especially when they're putting in so much um what do they do augury and whatnot they try to figure out what's going to happen using all these tools they have and they make mistakes so that is interesting the element yeah and uh here they're like you know, with Perkeron, they're like, yeah, now we have a bigger problem. <laughs> we don't just have yeah. the, the, you know, race that are contained inside a shell of mist that are locked up in their little box under the mountain. We've got mm. the rest of it that could find its way back here, and they won't be contained in shells of mist. Mm. They'll just run wild. And and the the fact that we need the brothers to work together again, uh, while they want to kill each other, they need to work together. It's a nice circular <laughs> dependency that they need to work together to help destroy the mistrate. But if they do, they'll want to kill each other because of said raid. But I, I think that was an interesting pivot. I think for the book because I think we were in danger of kind of going. So the whole point of this next 500 years of their life is for the two of them to run away from each other or yeah. for certainly the Lysir to chase an Arathon to run away, which sort of felt, okay, I mean, that has mm. a lifespan, but now the, actually there's more to this. We, we actually need the brothers, uh, yeah. curse and all, uh, <laughs> to fix the, the problems of the world, you know? <laughs> I I was curious about the one thing where they're like, we might need, you know, Lysir and Arathon's talents both in order to you know, subdue it. And I'm like, okay, if you were dealing with it in mist form, sure. Yeah. But you're not going to be crazy enough to reopen Southgate um, uh, to let more, more, more fog come through. Uh, at least I would assume you wouldn't. 
and if they come the other way then only one of the brothers is you know you know trained to actually have any kind of you know you know or they speculate at least you know any kind of a, you know effect on the, the race and that would be marathon as a master bard yeah so i'm like you know that's one like it's like all right your big threat now is that they'll come uh from uh across the stars you know um you know which which means you know we have space travel obviously you know which we've 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 known that there was space travel at one point um mm-hmm. uh, but if they come across the stars then they're no longer you know just this giant collective and there's no fog so Arathan's light and shadow, you know, Lysander's light and Arathan shadow are, I don't know, kind of useless at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to do? Blind the blind the disembodied spirit, or make it hide in the dark? Well, especially because we know, and it's proven, like chapter three or whatever, that Ar- Arathon's still hindered with his lack of mage side, his, his inability to have control over everything that he can and will do mm-hmm. is actually means that he's a, a lesser version of the, the powers and even developing his powers. You know, there's a frustration building with an Arathorn that sort, sort of seems to be breaking him in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, we've seen already that he's relying on other people with mage sight to be able to properly use that, his, right. his powers. And it, we see that again when he's... Uh, kind of forcing Dakar to use his mage site to try to um, heal the, the girl there. And uh, the, and was, that was interesting because um, they ultimately failed. Yeah. And I wonder if that's due to uh, Dakar's, you know, deep mistrust of Arathon and seeing all this stuff he didn't want to see. He didn't want to, get into his head he didn't want to um believe that arathon wasn't this evil person this whole time and i wonder if that interfered with their attempt to heal this the the uh the girl and uh, uh i think there's multiple parts that the other part i think that comes out a couple of times i think there is Dakar's appreciation of his own self-loathing, loathing. You know how he's sort of wasted mm-hmm. his life and he's been a wastrel for many years, and that he he realizes how useless he has been and how he needs to shake up. But also, once he comes out the far end of that, kind of just accepting that actually, oh, this is probably all Arathon's doing, make me feel that way. Still, lots of characters were given the opportunity to show the truth, yeah, and turned away from it. You know, ultimately, you know, it was right there in front of them. Yeah, and it's he has a stump this stubborn shock over his like the his uh his the crumbling of his foul perceptions of Arathon. But then at at the end of that uh I think it was at the end of like uh that section um he uh he he twisted around and tries to tries to justify it and tries to make it so that his own feelings don't change he doesn't want to lose that hatred he has for him and uh, that was it was very interesting character set up the whole time and uh but that was another it was it was kind of a contrast to the to the conjoining in the previous book of arathon and and uh alara mm-hmm. healing the boy and it was a you know it, it was a synchronicity of that yeah yeah that, that, that so much. so well done yeah i love that <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was interesting when you, because he remarks, you know, 
you know, in order to, you know, heal her, you know, they got to convince her to, you know, willingly, you know, not run off, you know, yeah. in the scenario. And, you know, um, he was just like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I can seduce all these women and, you know, do all this, you know, hedonistic stuff, but I can't self-destructive stuff, but I can't just, I can't, you know, I, I don't know any way to convince a six-year-old girl or however old she was to not do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Araton had been the one to try if he would have had better success um, or if the girl was just that precocious. There, there was no hope of having, to, uh, there was no hope that they could save her. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot to, to take in there and, and to, yeah. you know, left up to us to try to figure out how much of each person's personality fit mm. into that scenario to to ultimately not succeed at at, uh, at the complete healing. But um, um, and yeah, you're right. You don't know if if the uh, if the little girl just wasn't wasn't participating either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is interesting the conclusion that Dakar draws towards the end or wants to draw towards the end because even if Araton had plotted to show him his true self, what he is showing is not false, right? There is still enough there that Dakar could take to say, no, he's actually a really decent person. I am hating him needlessly. But instead, he's choosing to fixate on the one piece of possible manipulation. And it yeah, he's still wanting. In in some ways, he's worse than Lyser in that regard. I think. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. little bit confusing to me because you actually see that the car goes the whole way of seeing it from Arthur's side. You know, he sees that the the deaths of the children weren't necessarily him. So similarly for Lyser, actually later on when he goes to Arts, uh, the bath, the bath is mm -hmm. whatever the place is, um, it co goes the whole way. And yet he flips around, but he isn't affected by the curse. This is this is the bit, like at least in Lysir's part, he is a curse that he is aware of, cognizant of, appreciating or not, that is influencing his what, what his thinking is. Whereas the car doesn't even have that. Yeah. He doesn't have that problem. You know what I mean? His is a very conscious choice to disregard evidence or disregard like that joining, like the very thing mm. that he was afraid of, of knowing the truth. He almost didn't want to know. You know, yeah. I was, right. I was, yeah. He was he, very discomforted by it. He's very discomforted even by the idea of it, that, that if he yeah. knew more and he knew the truth, it might shatter his illusion of, of the kind of order of life that he's gone through. And even when he comes full circle and kind of goes, ah, so that is what happened there. But he goes, ah, but you've got to remember, he's a master manipulator, mm -hmm. and this is just what he wanted to see, which is obviously we know to be false. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a great line in here that says, uh, he dared not re-examine the hour of Desh Thier's revenge, lest he encounter an unthinkable truth that the past might no longer support his beliefs. Mm. So he comes to that realization. And then uh, soon after that, he's, he rationalizes, backtrack rationalizes, basically, to get back to his original position that he's being fooled or somehow, you know. Mm. And, and I think the line you've just said kind of encapsulates an awful lot of when people say about the reading of the Christmas mystery with you, but the flowery language is unneeded. And then you get to this third book and you read lines nearly exactly like you've you've just read yes. there, and you just go like, yeah, but 
but this all works. This all works yeah. on, a, on a level, and this is way more beautiful. Just that piece of information has been just delivered to us in a way that, that is lyrical, that is beautiful, and, and sort of fits with the demand yeah, and feel, feelings that people have, you know, the, the way that moods go. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am I am trying to figure out Dakar's motivation in continuing to hate Arathon, like you said. Is it is it perhaps that I don't know that I got this from uh the reading, but is it that he doesn't want to re-examine his own debauchery? He wants to I mean, we he is confronted by it and he's examining his own uh five hundred years of uh basically drinking and staying unconscious through most of it is it that this will give him an excuse to not have to change himself if he continues to hate Arathon although I don't necessarily understand how those two might be related um, because he is regardless of what whether or not I, I, I don't know if Dakar's logic works that way but regardless of whether or not Arathon manipulated him he still was unable to save the child if he had paid more attention or if he had practiced better he wouldn't even have needed Arathon's help to try and heal her so he still needs to confront that regardless of whether or not Arathon manipulated him so yeah it, it's interesting I, I, I want to understand more about the car but he yeah I think, I think you see a very slight bit of it where he is confronted with his own like I say, his own wastefulness, he, he desperately doesn't want to do that. That's the mm. bit that actually shatters, shatters him in an awful lot of ways. And I think a lot of the things that happen after his decisions is reworking the story. is tied up in the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to have to face who he is or what he's done mm. at all. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to have to take responsibility for that. That would lead to much bigger problems than he has. And actually him just accompanying Arathon... And the, the trials and tribulations, like they're going up and down mountains, they're all things that Dakar naturally doesn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it all plays into this story for himself. It's like, uh, more reason to hate Arathon because of the, the physical nature of the things he doesn't want to mm. do. Even though the actions and the, the bits, even the bits that, that, that Arathon shows him very clearly about his compassion, etc., he just goes, oh, well, you know, that's what mm. a master bard does. You know, that's their job. You know, yeah. the, the, even the actions of carrying the child and trying to save the child and speaking the way he is, that's... Well, I mean, that's his job. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's uh, that you hit kind of hit the head of uh, nail on the head there, Russia. Is um, he uh, Dakar has a very, um, you know, like with Jared's, you know, with the quote there, he has a perception of what, you know, what and who Arathon is. And it was, you know, everything that happened at Atara. You know, and he's made up his mind on that. And since, you know, as we know how the fellowship operate, you know, uh, he didn't ask for clarification or try to expand beyond that. And so Asandir is just like, you know, whatever. And didn't, you know, um, whether that's a good or bad, you know, um, way of doing things, Asandir didn't bother to correct it, you know, or other than to be like, well, you know, you're wrong. But he doesn't elaborate on why because Dakar doesn't doesn't ask. Um <laughs> Yeah, and Sanders not very forthcoming with explanations yeah. either. He just says, yeah. this. Like, you, you gotta ask for things, and Asandir, as we can tell, seems to not have a lot of patience, you know, for, for, for fools, you know, in general, which is really hilarious given he's got a fool for an apprentice. Maybe um, that's where his impatience comes from. <laughs> yeah. It is possible, and 
also this this one um you know this this book in particular well i say book you know with the whole split Half, from, yeah, yeah. But, Arc two. uh if you you look at you know uh what we've seen of him in ships and you what we'll see of him here um you basically this is the second half of his character arc and i promise you um I, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna wager this. So if we want to figure out what you if if I'm wrong, you know I'll, I'll happily we can figure out what 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 I'll have to to do or whatever. You know, but <laughs> wager by the end of this book, Dakar will be one of your favorite characters. Right, because I hear a lot of people saying saying that about Dakar, and I never know at what point to talk about. Because at the moment, I have a sort of distrust and loathing of of Dakar's as a character and as a person. Uh, yet, oh, yeah, a lot no, of people I mean, say what you say. And it's like, wow, this is a miserable little, you know, because he, he's just like, I'm going to kill Arathan. And, you know, he's uh, getting all these plots. And, you know, um, and Arathan just, you know, turns his plots back on him. And then he's just like, well, fine. If I can't kill him, I'm just yeah. going to be a burden and drinks himself into a stupor for like most of the, yeah, every, the rest of the book after Alestron. Um, and, then you know the stuff here happens and he's like uh, uh he's like you know i'm gonna figure out what the hell you know drinking myself silly has it has it worked so i'm gonna figure out what the hell's going on here yeah mm. yeah he's he's uh he's a bumbling villain right now yes that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how that how that changes uh yeah we'll see how that changes i guess yeah. <laughs> but but it does bring the point like we were kind of saying, oh, there's only nine chapters in this book, right? And each chapter is made up of three sections. I cannot think of a major book series or long book series, and I can't help but compare it to something like Wheel of Time, where it feels like nothing happens book on book on book, but every little small section here seems to propel mm. the story forward massively about yeah. things that we yeah. weren't aware of or filling things in. Like, every little section is like, right, here's more, and it kind of like... It's like picking up steam every little section, if you know what I mean. And we're only three books in now, or probably two books, if you if you really want to be truthful about about how it was crafted. And you kind of go, mm. yeah. so much story yeah. that is going to be brought out to us here. Like I just can't. Yeah, it's uh, like if you go with the two book theory, then you know we're we're looking at the last third of the, you know, of the second book. Awesome, so yeah. it's basically everything's mm. you know in place, you know, and now it's like the like the run-up in Curse from, say, the coronation all the way to the end. We're basically in that spot now. Yeah. yeah. You know, up to the Battle of Strakewood and everything. And, uh, but I want, I do want to back up a little bit because I thought this was hilarious. But, you know, you, you know, the race comes swarming in and everything. And then they're defeated by Pebbles. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, you technically, know, that's a little piece of rock. <laughs> and that's what does them in. And I, um, yeah, Luhain and Karadmon, I'd like to understand why they are so much at loggerheads with each other. But I like that um, Karadmon was telling Luhain off about how useless the container is if you can't pull them in. And meanwhile, Satvir had these rocks that he could use to <laughs> grab them. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, I loved all of that. That Satvir basically had his consciousness creep out of the rocks and the pebbles. I half expected... Set way to become discorporal is that mm -hmm. a word um, at the end of the section, but that did not happen. So I was glad. I think I like Setway. <laughs> uh, 
Well, you can't stop thinking of him in the bath for a start. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, this, this is also, you know, uh, we had a discussion last week where, you know, you know, she, you know, Jenny mentioned that, you know, people like to compare the seven to the wizards in Tolkien right. and how Austin Deer gets, you know, compared to Gandalf. And I'm like, I, I don't really see it mm. with Austin Deer. Um, but this, this is part of why I was, you know, I would be like, if I were going to compare one of them, you know, or, you know, uh, make a corollary which one would be Sephir because I could absolutely mm -hmm. see Gandalf just being, you know, sitting in his, his you know, little hip bath smoking his you know, pot, you know, pot. And then, you know, he has to go do something and he just takes his beard and rings it out and does it and just keeps on going. You know, just, I was like, yeah, no, this, this, this feels like. And then, and then when he woke up, he had a wisp of beard attached to his eyebrow or something. <laughs> this little strand, yeah, yeah. This person away. Yeah. Uh, but before we leave the uh, the Dakar section behind, I think it's worth pointing out that Dakar actually asks a lot of the right questions within that mo those epiphanies that he has. Insofar as because we see actually a, a scene or even part of the scene, I'm sure there's more to it that will be discovered that I didn't expect to see, which was going to be the blood oath that Asandir mm -hmm. makes uh, Arthur swear to. And Dakar's relationship. Why is he only doing this with one brother? Why? Why? Why is there a fascination from the fellowship with one brother here rather mm -hmm. than the both of them? What am I missing? You know, yeah. I, I, which, yeah. which are, you're reading it going, exactly, the, what are you missing here? Come on. Yes. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you can do the rest of this. and uh, But yes, then he backs off it again. But the questions and the pebbles, if you want to say, have been laid for him here, which hopefully he will start to put together himself. It's, it's like if someone's written out an equation, has written out the right-hand side, and they're refusing <laughs> to read it out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they haven't connected. They're missing the line in the middle of explain how they get from that line to that line. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, I I want. Sorry, go ahead, Jared. No, I'll go find ahead. that comment and I have a question about it. But meanwhile, you talk. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you gotta find. All right. Well, mm -hmm. Chris mentioned you. You mentioned earlier about um, how every little line matters. Yes. In this book, and I, I was like looking through, and I underlined something on. I don't know what version of books you got. I got I got like page forty-two, yeah. but forty-two. Um, right here we go. And I've got it on Kindle and that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was like a one line paragraph that said, a small movement, the master of shadow turned his turned head. His head. Mm. And that was like, like just a an off line. It seemed like just like a throwaway line in there, but it was in between Dakar complaining. And then all of a sudden after that line, Dakar goes, okay, you win. And I was like, was that a little subtle use of powers on Arathon's part mm. we we seen something there that I, you know because it, it doesn't seem like much but i don't know it just stood out to me yeah, for some I, I think it was a bit of a callback to a scene in earlier in ships when um uh dakar and Arathon are talking when he's got the shipyard built and he's doing the stuff there and dakar throws the um you know about the kids and everything up in his face um, and for a second, he thinks Arathon's gonna like go full on violence on him because yeah, so I think it was kind of that, and where he's just mm -hmm. like, Yeah, no, Arathon's Arathon's hit his last nerve. I'm, I'm you know, as like, No, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this anymore, just whatever, you know, and throwing his hands up is like, Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, but that just that small movement though, it just yeah. 
suddenly stops Dakar in his track, Dakar in his tracks there. And and I was just like, what? You know, that was... Uh, yeah, that was my thought. It was just him looking at it, and he's like, oh, crap, I pissed him off. Yeah, but it, but it does sort of speak to a hierarchy in terms of maybe power or otherwise that you know for all of the cars whinging and as powerful as he is actually within the big scheme of the story or the world if you want arthorn is, is is extremely accomplished in 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 what he's doing and and you know a small movement as you say and a small look can be enough for the car to go but you know um not messing with the big man here you know whatever he's gonna do you know because the well, car really know. hasn't challenged him. No, but as we know, um, you know, despite the dis the you know discrepancy in their you know lived experiences, um, and you know five hundred years of training, uh, we we know Arthur's a more skilled you know mage than Dakar. Yeah, yeah. Which you know really is like wait five hundred years and the you know twenty something well it's thirty something now at this point, you know uh, I think he'd be around thirty um, if I remember. Mm, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, early thirties. You know, um, I know, has outmatched you on every possible level, mm. you know, as far as mage talent goes. Uh, sure. But between his uh, bouts of stupor, Dakar probably had less than 25 years of actual training. And That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I found the line. I, I think uh, this is the same quote that you were talking about, Chris. Uh, later evidence lent credence. No fellowship sorcerer ever stepped back from human need without cause. There would be compelling reason why only one prince had been asked to swear blood oath at Ithir. Um, I think before this, I got the impression that... Oh, yeah, there, there was a line just before this in which I think um, they said... Uh, was it here or was it elsewhere? Where... I think it was Dakar musing about the fact that Lyser didn't fight back the Mistrate's possession or at least the Mistrate's twisting of oh, his yeah. sense of justice. And then we talk about the blood oath instead. <clears throat> I thought that what he might be referring to is the fact that the fellowship let Lyser take the hit of the Mistrate, which sort of makes sense well okay maybe it doesn't uh because lyser is more susceptible to it and more susceptible to letting it manipulate him but yeah i had i i was wondering about that both about the fact that lyser didn't fight back potentially that was takar's interpretation of what happened there and yeah why would they care about why would why is the blood oath important right if maybe dakar doesn't know enough grand conjury theory to understand that you only need the master bard services but um yeah it it doesn't seem to make sense it also points back to what chibipo said earlier that we don't need them to burn out the mist anymore so what do we need their combined talents for so, mm -hmm. I don't know, was, do you guys have thoughts about that <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, I do insofar as, especially when you combine it with Lysir's vision later on or his realization, Descartes does not know that Lysir is sort of unaware of the curse's effects in the same way that Arthon is. Arthon is preparing for it. He knows that he's been cursed. So like in the battle before, he was trying to limit loss of life. He was trying to limit his ability to affect the battle once the battle had been joined and started, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas Lysir seems to constantly brush it off and say, oh, there is a curse, but it's not making me do this. It's not responsible for this. 
you know, and even when he's told later on, Arthur is not is not your enemy. It's not the mm-hmm. line that, that is repeated to him repeatedly. He is not he's not your enemy. He's not your enemy. And yet he sort of sees it a little bit, and then he goes, but no, you can't influence me. He is my enemy. The man's the man's bad. He's you know, it's gotta yeah. be taken out, all, all that kind of stuff. So but the car doesn't know that. And if the car would accept that how they are both aware of the curses that impact on their lives, then it would sort of redress a lot of the things that have happened so far, you know, in mm. terms of the battle and what they've been able to do. And actually, when you look at some of the bad things that have happened, were they res- Arathon's responsibility or did they happen despite what he tried to do? Yeah, I had uh, slightly forgotten that, uh, you know, Arathon, the reason he stayed and fought in Talcorin is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was because he saw that if, if he left, the damage would be worse, right? This worse, was just yeah. how he could do minimum damage. But the person bringing the damage was Lyser all along. And he just did what what he could have done. And then after that, his strategy has been to just not try to precipitate a battle. But And Dakar saw all of that. And I, th- I think, again, in the same place, he says something about the fact that Lyser could have not brought battle to the clans yeah it, it's frustrating that in, at the end of all of this it's oh did you manipulate me <laughs> we'll see where this goes but, but the, well, but the same sorry go ahead chief people go 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 ahead, go ahead. well i was gonna say like like nice here even comes to himself when he's faced the idea did i cause this did mm-hmm. you know did the, the battle of talcorn did i did i act out of haste and mm-hmm. murder all those people and again, confronted with the horror that actually he was responsible for it, he backs away from it and says, but no, I had to. You know, mm. that was the, the evil workings of, of that master sorcerer, the master of shadow. Uh, so nobody really wants to see. And, and I think for the first three chapters, there's a frustration in the reader and going, oh, we were right there. Yeah, you know, yes. we, we, we need they had it right within your grasp to kind of unravel a lot of the effect of the the curse because obviously the curse in assassins is basically when the two of them get face to face they have no control over themselves mm. but outside of that they should be able to do rational thought they should be able to do rationalization of of what's happened to lead them to the event or, mm. or how it's affecting their decision making and uh, yeah. they're not able to do that or certainly what lycia isn't able to do that yeah that's, yeah, yeah sorry go ahead two people yeah well I, and you touch on some stuff that i can't talk about yet because it'll be the next book um <laughs> Um, but you know, there, there is there is a is a line in the book that actually you know very closely you know you know where they talk about you know subject to curse you may be, but it doesn't you know control all of your actions. Mm-hmm. But you have to also consider in his case you know, and you look at the things that he's done right so far. You know he's raised up these armies and sent all these people to die, and. You know, part of that's because he's been twisted around and, you know, is convinced Aerithin is evil, you know, and uh, deceitful and everything. But then you also get the fact that you know, what, what's another really defining feature we saw throughout, you know, his, his you know, um, uh, uh, Curse of the Mistwraith about Lazare, which is he's very proud. Mm-hmm. Like, because he, he would make a point of pointing out a couple times when he do things that you know he felt were beneath him, or you know, you know, he's like, oh well, I don't know, I, you know, you know, he had no idea he was yeah. going to be a prince, and he's like, well, I guess I could be a guard captain or a mercenary, and he's like, I got the honor, and that's beneath me, and you know, it's kind of undercurrent of his thoughts. So there's also that to where if he 
backsteps from, you know, the thought that Aerithin is evil. Uh, and, you know, is then he, he's, you know, also has to stop and look at, but if Aerithin's not evil, then why did I do all these things? Mm-hmm. Whose fault is that? And I think he's, there's some, some level too proud to, yeah. you know, to, to, uh, to accept blame, you know, that, you know, all his decisions have been erroneous and, you know, that he's deceived, you know, all these people and, you know, led them to their deaths for nothing. Yeah. And that, and that scene in chapter three, where he goes, he goes into like, what is that? A temple that he goes into? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Brotherhood Hostel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, um, so that's kind of this holy place, right? Where, uh, now, who are these people that run that? I wasn't quite clear. Kirsting, uh, or whatever way you say that. Um, the the Brotherhood, um, yeah, the White Brotherhood. Uh, they're basically, um, I mean, they don't they don't go out and preach, but they. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. Uh, they maintain basically like a. Um, uh, unrestricted path basically to you know like Ath the creator and you know the source of everything you know and with, were they manipulating magic to try to show Lysayer um, you know because they're kind of forcing him to confront his perceptions in that, it was, in it was more being like here, here, here's the actual source of everything you know you know, all the, you know, ultimate love and life and, you know, that from which all life springs and whatnot and, you know, step in and, you know, accept it and you'll be redeemed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, but, okay. you know, we get that, you know, that niggle of, you know, uh, yeah. His denial of, of that was much stronger yeah. than whatever mm-hmm. they were showing him. So he still came out. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. thinking to, the same. <laughs> to me, it was a bit like a truth pool, you know, because they didn't try to influence him other than state facts at him, uh, as yeah. in Arathon is not your enemy. You know, they could have said, stop fighting him, you know, you're fighting their own battle. They yeah. just would state facts back at him, which made him question, actually, okay, if that's true, then what happened at this place? What, you know, and and then obviously through the curse or otherwise, or his, his own twisted a view of that he uses the memory of his father and what his father had said to him he kind of goes oh these people are all trying to manipulate me just like the master shadow is trying to do be strong and true to your beliefs and and, and that kind of thing and then but he, he gives up on Tharek and uh jarell jeanette jeanette uh he gives up on them because you know the, if if he is going to speak to them he's going to have to deal with the reality of what he's been shown and he, he can't do that. He doesn't want to do that. He's way back yeah. to fight his war. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I thought, and I thought it was amusing how he comes out of there and the horses are gone. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny how even after all, he's like, you know, he's been here over five years or whatever, and he's still not used to all the customs in this land yet. And that I, I thought that was very amusing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little funny. It's like you know, like with the you know, Chris mentioned his upbringing from his father. It's like he probably when he looks around. You know, he has doesn't you know the Ath Brotherhood on Dasanilar was you know um, completely yeah. different, yeah. and so he expected more like a like a church, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And you know, he doesn't have that here, and um, yeah. so he's just like, okay, 
<laughs> and the gods, the guards are like, what? This is what happens every time. You know? <laughs> that was funny. What were you thinking coming here on a horse? <laughs> so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what's Lysair and what's the mistrate manipulation. I We know Arathon is able to control it a bit more or at least acknowledge that he might be manipulated by the mistrate when it comes to wanting to kill his brother so he's he does his best to avoid those situations and with Lyser is his um refusal to accept that do we think it's more because the mistrate has ingrained itself into his sense of justice the thing that's woven into his consciousness um because it's not uh, affecting Arathon's main characteristic of compassion, right? It is, however, using Lyser's main characteristic of justice or his sense of justice to twist his beliefs. So do we think that, that you know, how Lyser reacts is a twisting of his sense of justice? But we've also seen in uh, Curse of Mistrate when, um, when he's talking to Arathon for the first time and Arathon lashes out at him he he's like yeah cool you know give him the drugs and it's fine if he gets addicted and really badly affected by them so he does react poorly to having his being hurt or having his pride affected somehow so we know that that's part of his non-mistreat character but also, can we give him a little bit more <laughs> uh, wiggle room of judgment because he's having his sense of justice twisted? Well, that will come up and be answered. Um, but basically, yeah, it's, you know, like we've kind of hinted here, um, the... If you get him... You know, and a lot of what we've seen of him across this time has been focused on, you know, Arathon. Um, mm. if, if you can separate uh, whatever he's doing out from that, um, he, he, he becomes more himself. Um, mm. It's just, how do you get him to do that? Yeah. That's a problem because, you know, it's, it's not an easy task. You gotta, you know, um, um, he's just so you know, it's like an obsession, really, you know, it's just, he, he can't let this go. It's like, I must come, I must go after Arathon, you know, Arathon is evil, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you could set him, you know, that is separate from him, and I guess we might have seen a little bit of it, like, at the beginning of Ships, when he first pops up, and he's, you know, talking to Talith and everything. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The stuff he's talking about, and that's probably the most him that he has been so far, you know, since Precurse, you know. Yeah. Arathon's not he's there. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he's not afraid to um he's not afraid to like engage with people and beg for help and cuz he he makes alliances like at the end of the first chapter there and he's not afraid to just you know ask for that stuff you know in a certain way you know he and he puts the justice and stuff as as part of the reasoning and all that stuff but um so you do see some of his I guess his original character in his dealing with some other people uh, but it's still all in the bigger picture service to his to his obsession. Like uh, I, I think we would have had from the end of ships to here 
would have had a you know a, a possible potential moment where it could have you know he could have forced you know forced it off um, mm-hmm. to where he was that stressed and you know everything whatnot. But as we see, you know, he has people around him, you know, um, mm. Lord Commander Deegan, mm. you know, who you know has you know uh, attached himself to Lysair's banner. And mm-hmm. you know, loves him so everything, but Deegan has his own, you know, uh, uh, self-blinded and delusions, and he, but he loves him so much that you know he's like, no, I, I have to protect him from this. I can't let him get stressed. So he does things, you know, you know, people around him, and we'll see this more of this, do things to prop him up, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even beyond this level that he might not be, you know, able to sustain. You know, because but they're they they're they're so caught up in his you know a facade, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, is a good word. You know that he's built that you know he is righteous. You know, you know he is righteousness and blah blah blah, and righteousness will prevail and all of that. Um, that but they're so caught up in that and they're propping him up, you know, on that, and you know, in uh, some ways, kind of feeding into his delusions. Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't isn't it interesting though that the sequence where he has Tharic and Janess and, and he approaches them and you see Lysir through their eyes, um, mm. where they they realize that this doesn't appear like a bad person. This I don't I don't think this is a bad person in front of us. But the story that he's telling is about about Arth and the person that we've known for a very long time doesn't ring true either. There is certainly the possibility that he was he was manipulating the situation, but over that long a period. He mm. fed and watered and gave employment to people in this area. He did everything that, that he could yeah. along with them, you know, and they could see through the veneer. They could see through the, the, the twist of nature of that and ways that the car can't and Lysir can't see it himself. So those ordinary people could and then they, they manipulate run the way out of it. But but uh, Janessa thinks very clear about, uh, yeah, he seems like a very regal, good man at the heart of it. But yes, these things that he's telling me can't possibly be true. Yeah, even about my kids. Yeah, he just yeah. comes out as like I am. I am, you know, bright and forthcoming and you know, personable. But you also see he just sort of uh, in that scene when he comes to meet her in you know the uh, in her at her at her, her her house, and he just sort of like takes charge. You know, he's just like, yeah, no, I'm in charge. You know, have a seat, even though it's her mm-hmm. house. And he's just, and then starts to the grandstanding things, and she's like. With like with the the glass bowl, you know, the crystal bowl, and you know he's like, you know she's he's like where did you get this? And she's just like not really giving him anything. She's like I just got it from a friend. And then he's just like, you know, <laughs> grandiose, puts it down, throws open the windows, and I'm like, dude, you're in her house. You guys like running rushed over any kind of hospitality here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see from her thoughts that she's just like, yeah, he's he he comes off as you know honest and forthright, and right. you know. Uh, <laughs> whatnot and whereas you know and he's like and he wants people to follow him whereas you know like from Dakar's point you know if you Arathon is just like I, I don't want people to follow me you know you know if you want to associate with me then stand on your own two feet I, I don't have time for sycophants yeah you know or hangers on you know 
and and to that end is like it feels like Tharic's been in this for way longer than than those kind of three chapters as a main character because he's yeah well, his story's yeah. woven so tightly into you know Arthur's you know the stories that people are saying about Arthur versus the reality. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Tharic a little bit because yes. he had you know he had those little blurbs in Ships of Marioa. Yeah. Where yeah, you, he was barely a character there. He was just someone, you know. But he went and burned down the ships and all that stuff, and then, um, and then this whole chapter two, there's like twenty or so pages used to establish like this link, this bond to between him and Arathon and Janesse, and like some really deft and deep characterization yeah. that yeah. you know you went from this slow hatred and distrust of Arathon to this like grudging respect. Yeah. And then at the end, this loyalty yeah. to him. And it was just done so well throughout the whole writing of that chapter and stuff like that. And it wasn't like, there was no sense of all of a sudden the guy switched sides. There yeah. was no sense of that at all. It was just so well woven into the, into the narrative. And, uh, to the point where Tharic actually sacrifices himself almost to be captured in the end yeah. to let him get away. And it, it was just, uh, that was just, I love that chapter. I thought it was just so well done. That's a, I thought that was something. How, how hard must this be to do? Like in the space of 20 chapters or 20 pages or whatever it is, you know, these couple of scenes that we have here that um, this is completely believable. You know, yeah. I know we're sort of predisposed as an audience to kind of sympathize towards Arthur's plight and his cause the moment he needs more people to believe him. But yet, in one case, this guy went from burning yeah, all the like ships down. Wrecking all of Arthur's, you know, you know, prospects, basically. Yep. Yeah. And and even the point that when he goes to swear an oath to him, Arthur says, don't swear an oath to me, swear an oath to Janice. Mm. And you go, that is so clever. <laughs> is, I mean, uh, even Tharic, the character, realizes how clever it is going, oh, this is another level altogether all in terms of, of what you're asking of me and what you're asking me to commit to. Yeah, beautifully it was so written. well done. I was just like imp totally impressed with that with that chapter and that how that worked out. And uh, and even when later on he's reunited with Janice and, it, and it's under these strange circumstances like you know because Lysay is there watching over them and all that stuff and then uh and then um then we're kind of just left there so i'm imagining more is going to come of that later on but uh <laughs> i was just yeah. like wow that that was really i thought it was really powerful i thought it was but, just but now he feels like such an integral part of the story like yeah. uh, doesn't he? he feels like a very mm -hmm. integral part of 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 the, these kind of multiple places i do have a question though and maybe i missed it do we know where the two kids are? Not yet, no. They, we don't know. Oh, no, we do, we do. There was a, a, one of the snippets that we get at the end of a chapter. Uh, one of them said that the kids were happily playing uh, aboard one, about the first ship. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because I, I knew they'd stolen away somewhere, but I couldn't. By the time they went to the ship that was then captured, and then obviously I thought, God, they're with Arathon, but then Arathon's mm. obviously climbing up a mountain with the car, and uh, we see the wyverns and all of that kind of stuff. And, well, they're not with him, so who are they with, or etc. So that's a good. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they were like, yeah, it's not with Arathon, but and no one, you know, they're like, well, we don't think anyone noticed him, you know, uh, swim out and, you know, get on board the, 
the Ketian as it was being, you know, mm. way to add anchor to, to be picked up. <laughs> Silly kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was going to say, yeah, Tarek had, in many ways, a lot more reason to hate Arathon than either Dagar or Lyser do. But he, once he sees the truth of Arathon, he is able to flip his opinion. And, and he did a lot worse than, well, maybe not a lot worse, but he did something that he also could refuse to confront by himself, right, of about himself, that he burnt the shipyard of someone who did not harm him intentionally. But he confronted that about himself and changed his mind about Arathon and basically went in the opposite direction that Lyser and Takar did. So that was interesting. Yeah. And also, um, the other thing about Tariq that I thought was interesting is that, or well done, <laughs> is that Arathon, we, what we just said, Arathon took care of him. And uh, he, even though he is technically his enemy, he just brought everything that he's been working on for the better part of a year to ruins. He still treated him with nothing but kindness. Yeah. We could argue that he's driven to by his compassion, but he did well for him, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, Lyser is like, getting upset that uh, instead of chasing Arathon, they stopped to rescue this person who was chained. And that's why they lost the other uh, sailors of the second ship. Mm -hmm. So like, he doesn't care about the small people. Arathon does intensely. So we see some additional contrast there between the brothers. But also to that point, we know that a lot of Arathon's compassion is something that he cannot really help. So, yes, he should get credit for treating people kindly, but also, yeah, it, that that's an yeah. interesting. Well, thing. he can also like, be quite demanding. About that. Hmm? You know, he can be quite demanding sometimes mm. too. Uh, he has that balance of being yeah. a demanding yeah. taskmaster in, in some cases. That's true. And yeah. being compassionate yeah. as well. Mm. But I mean, this is this is like something that Dakar says is that oh, well, of course, you know, he's compassionate. He's going to be like mm -hmm. that. But can you imagine like surrounding people with you in real life, and you're going, oh, well, of course, he's going to be he's going to do the right thing because he's compassionate, as if that's a sort of character flaw. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that, that's that's why this is so interesting that he's sort of like born with compassion, yeah. and so he has to. Yes. So I, I guess the thing is we compare really nice people to other nice people and maybe internally we go oh they're nicer or whatever and then like, <laughs> well of course he's nicer he can't he can't help it yeah. so i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> i'd like to untangle my thoughts about that at some point <laughs> well it's, it's it's kind of akin to somebody say somebody was looking after and protecting you right uh and they were being paid to do it versus hmm. the person that's not being paid to do it. Yeah. The person that's been paid to do it, can you ever trust them as being, you know, tied to you as a person hmm. and then a friend? Or yeah. are they just somebody that's doing it for, for money's sake, you know? Right. And, and, and this is sort of the same way. Is he always going to do the right thing or will he just always be honor-bound to do it because of his yeah. predisposed uh, family traits as they are through this mm. following line? Yeah. And and we see that, you know, it does affect the people around him. Like Ilera, for instance, couldn't let herself believe that he actually does, in fact love her back um, but then she's able to see <laughs> by entangling vision with him that he does so yeah it, is it that only when they get to see him on that deeper level they will ever truly understand 
um, him or yeah, it, it's interesting. Mm. Alphonse is a very interesting character. <laughs> He's a very complex character. Yeah. 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 Uh, aside from that, there was there was one scene that I I, I liked where um, Lazare you know got to deal with people who aren't buying into his bullshit when he went mm-hmm. to the brothers to try and you know beg for ships and whatnot and then he he tries his whole you know i'm gonna blame Arithan for all this deviousness and all this evil and they're just like yeah no he just proved he wasn't stupid you know don't don't try your <laughs> bullshit <laughs> like, you got a whole you had a whole fleet anchored there you know waiting to move an army what you thought he wasn't gonna he just mm-hmm. proved he wasn't stupid you were not gonna like oh he's like trying to butcher the innocent blah 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 and they're having none of it that was that was great <laughs> Yeah, he also uh, his hatred or lack of self-awareness or refusal to become self-aware, uh, all of that was harmful enough to destroy centuries worth of work in that um, hostel. Is that what we're yep. calling it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was very powerful <laughs> to demonstrate the extent of his loathing of Arathon, I suppose. Actually, more than loathing of Arathon, it's his refusal to confront him, his own actions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've done terrible things. You know, what, what's what's you know easier to you know to deal with them? Blame someone else, or you know, mm-hmm. accept your own responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, it th- that scene was really interesting that way because normally you're just left to interpret the extent of that just left with the consequences as a reader but to be shown the physical impact of that in the um what e- ecology of that hostel that that was brilliant that it added another dimension to how to interpret his behavior i think mm. absolutely well, again because he's been given multiple opportunities to face who he is and yeah. the- he either doesn't want to, or you know, he can't. You know, yeah. I suppose that's that's what's that, that that's the question we're being asked at the moment. You know, as the reader, which one do you think is happening at the moment, or does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> actions are actions. I also think the um, the visit to the hostel kind of you know, uh, tilts toward or outlines some of the um, uh, the you know, the stuff that we haven't got a whole lot of detail into, yes. but the schism between the you know, clans folk and the, you know, the townsfolk is, you know, we look at Lysayer has got more sympathy with the townsfolk and he looks around at the, you know, outside and he's like, he sees it all overgrown, you know, mm. at, you know, what the building doesn't look like it's kept up on the outside or anything. Mm, yeah. And he assumes that that's, you know, just, you know, intentional neglect, you know, whereas, you know, you know, when we get from their perspective, it's like, no, oh, that's just, this is, you know, the stuff grows like it's supposed wants to grow. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, you know, sculpting it or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I mentioned in Curse about the, uh, um, the Severnir, the river, you know, when they're talking about Atar and everything, how they, you know, and uh, Dion Ramon, you know, how they, you know, um, basically turned it into a desert you know, by mm. damming the river up and redirecting it. And, you know, 
you know, they, they mentioned that these are areas that, you know, people weren't supposed to, you know, nor, you know, humans weren't supposed to be allowed to walk. And mm. oh, okay, yeah. so you realize that there's, there's, there's like whole places on the continent, you know, that people aren't supposed to, to be walking around in for whatever reason. And then you think it's like, well, that means there's a bunch of land that they couldn't use and they probably don't understand why. And, you know, they're not, you know, they're not happy about it. And mm. I wonder if the reason they're not allowed this has something to do with what we saw in the first chapter where Luhane uh, was trying to um, pull together some power, I think, from the lanes. And he's unable to or has difficulty doing so because there's some human man-made settlements, you know, disrupting yeah. things, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and I also, you certain become attuned, a bit like you were saying earlier on, Jared, about the lines, you know, the little incidental lines and the little bits of detail that you give, like the fact that there was a way to tap into the fourth lane on the top of that mountain, but uh, mm-hmm. Athon couldn't see it because his maid's sight was gone, but just let you know there's something there that we mm-hmm. might need to use sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was also one little tiny mention of uh, of um, Arathon. Uh, I guess he's his thumb and his left hand was bruised from from nailing and stuff like that, right. which which kind of indicates that he's right-handed. And I'm wondering if that actually means anything, or if I'm just reading into mm-hmm. it, you know. But because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm looking out for everything. Yeah. I'm right, right. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, okay, so he's right-handed. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that mean anything? Do we? Do we? Is Lysaia left-handed? Do we know this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that would explain a lot, right? Lysaia <laughs> um, <Like> sinister. <laughs> sinister left-handed people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we like from the um, the first paperback copy of ships, we see Arathon with uh, the Lyrinth, mm, and that's right. assuming he uses right hand on the the main part of the yeah yeah, yeah with you know so as yeah um, though he's holding it yeah um, just, and then the only, only, the only picture we've got right hand that he strum with his right hand yeah, yeah. And, he, and he picks with his left so yes it is it is is correct yeah. yeah. Uh, but the only picture we have of Lysair, or at least the release picture, is the one on the cover of Curse, the original mm. uh, portrait copy. And you know they're they're facing in different directions, and I don't remember. lysair has got his hand on his sword, but I don't remember which mm. um, which hand which hand he's got. I want to say it's his left hand though. So, so mm. you're saying that wasn't just a joke. This might actually it could be, yeah. Because, yeah because, um, you know, details are important. Jenny says nothing is in here by accident. So, yeah, because he's got his sword on his hip, um, uh, and you know, the hand he's got holding it, because his back is to Arathon in that scene. So it's his left hand that's holding it, but. You know, it's on his also on his left hip. So if he were drawing it crosswise, he'd be drawing with his right. He might mm. just be holding it with his left hand to yeah. keep it. You know, you know, because I know those kind of beltings with swords kind of rattle around if you're. Yeah, yeah. But know, it is, uh, I think I said it last week. I'm becoming as I get further in the story, I'm becoming less and less trusting, more dubious about details, all of those things. Because we know it, it 
even in the small scope we've got of this series so far, everything is important and everything has yeah. meaning and everything even, has uh, resonance. You know, um, because she's mentioned, I know this because she's mentioned it before. Even in the uh, portrait covers, mm. uh, there's little little details like you know, Arthur's looking one way, Lysair's looking the other. Mm. You know, the she's got symbolism and whatnot in the in the portrait covers too. So she's an artist, yeah. Yeah. You don't do things by accident. <laughs> there. Uh, still a whole episode at some point on the cover. If you dig it up, and, and I'm not <laughs> going to give any um, spoilers about you know, the setting or whatnot, but if you look at the cover for Grand Conspiracy, um, there's a part of it that mirrors the you know cover of Curse of the Mist Wraith. Right. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I should have looked at it. <laughs> but you can't help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, if you put the play on side by side, and you know you, you should see it. But yeah, there is there is one element on there that mirrors, you know, something from Curse of the Mystery. The the hardback cover. Uh yes, yeah, those are the it's illustrations. Yeah. And with the okay. looking kind of ragged, and he's off somewhere or another. I'm not telling you where he is. To be you're you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> So we well, haven't talked about the music, and you'd said that there was one particular music scene that you particularly loved in this oh, yeah. version. While I'm always very keen to push the music, let's let's hear let's hear about it. Oh, I I really like the uh, Dakar and Arathon Arathon playing music in this scene. I loved seeing that from Dakar's perspective because mm. I think I might be wrong about this, but in all other cases we've heard Arathon play music by people who were inclined to appreciate it but Dakar is someone who isn't he wants to find reasons to hate it but even he can't help himself and along with the music is coming awareness of Arathon's true self he eventually twists it to something foul but while he's listening and he's being forced to confront himself I think uh, yeah that was a good what four or five page section I was in tears for all of it so wow. it was beautifully wow. done I loved that section that's my new favorite music scene <clears throat> the music's so well done through yeah. it um, <laughs> that, that it feels fresh every time is really something's a bit special you yeah, know it, yeah. you nearly just copy and be yeah. like if it was me if I somebody said I'd written one section, well, I'd be like, I'll copy and paste that in again for the, for the next time you use it, you know? Rearrange the yeah. <laughs> Reword this. Yeah. She's not repeating herself. Yeah. Yeah. No, she doesn't. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And and it's amazing. I yeah, that that's exactly right. I love that every music scene feels different and we find out something different through the course of those scenes. It's either, you know, the fact that Ilera realizes that Arathon does love her back, which also is news to us as readers, right? We didn't Mm -hmm. know that because we didn't get a glimpse into Arathon's head before then. And now it's Dakar confronting Arathon's goodness. And um, I think before that, yeah, it was him... uh, teaching the citizens of Jailot a lesson and then discovering more powers through that every time something wonderful happens i so i'm just like like this when a music scene comes up and later on when he was communicating about this younger spirit and her life and who she mm. was the person yeah. everybody else in the room yeah. like you can communicate the essence of somebody through the music and i was like this yeah is, this yeah. Is so good. yeah that was cool yeah and, and i love that uh, her aunt said how did you know to play that? It sounds exactly like she was in life. So, yeah, it's one thing for a mage to know that that's what he's playing, but for someone 
who's not really aware of what it is that he might be doing to say, how did you know that was beautiful? That that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth pointing out. And Kiyosan already missed it so far. And then she oh, throws herself at him at the end. Yeah, she does. And uh, <laughs> we're kind of left to we're kind of left to skip the breakfast there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is conflict about that and um, both in terms of you know his predisposition towards women, but mm-hmm. also about how spent and broken he is from the whole experience of of, yeah. of, of that young girl. And how it didn't work for him, you know, how his music wasn't actually able to affect her life in the way that he wanted or he felt like he needed his compassion would have led him to. Yeah, that that was kind of tragic, too. And, uh, you know, probably why you were in tears as well, (laughs) because it was uh, it wasn't expected. Like you were going into that. You would expect that he that they would he was going to succeed and and the little girl would would live. And uh, Mm -hmm. and it was was definitely a tragic thing that. It just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. I mean, I was in tears before that when Dakar was sort of, we were sort of reliving all the bad things that happened in the last two-ish books, right? So that brought me to tears, but then it kept me in tears because of what kept happened with the girl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that was also very different, right? I expected that she would be saved and she didn't, she almost didn't want to be saved. She she was happier this way and they let her be. I Yeah, that, that was very well done. I love that scene. It's yeah. among my favorites. Yeah. Even like there's that line obviously where Arthur's talking about missing Halloran for the first time really where he mm. says, you know, the Master Bard's job is to appease and to mm switch other people but who's there for the master part you know mm, they don't have yeah, anybody in yeah. the same way yeah yeah, like, oh, yeah he's a lovely so, thought yeah yeah he's so torn and draw from that that was also pretty heartbreaking how alone yeah. he's feeling in that moment yes yeah, uh, i don't know where it is is in ships or in this one but you know it's where he's you know talking about you know how he's now in full possession of his bardic abilities and you know, he realizes that the Master Bard's stuff, you know, uh, encompasses, like, things you wouldn't even imagine because he, he remarks that he could, you know, pick out the sound of the winter stars. Mm. Um, and it's like, whoa, okay, so you can hear the stars. You know, that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, with all these people insulting Halloran, it's like, man, he had been you know, incredibly restrained to only, you know, hit them with a, you know, a pair, a song that's, you know, a satire of all mm. their behavior. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. What a set of chapters. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Great. And, and, and at the very end, the, like the last blurb before chapter four there, mm-hmm. you got this guy uh, early, early in. The Kath Kathine of Shand. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. He's getting ready to um send some scouts out and stuff like that. Is who to, exactly is he talking to there? To Janesh and Tarek, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's Okay, all right. So I was uh right, okay. Hmm. By the right, uncanny so guidance of Ad's brotherhood. So he's getting involved now, this guy. Yeah. Who Arathon had previously made the alliance with, right? 
Well, he met with them, and yeah, it was, you know, but right before he went to, you know, wreck the shipyard or wreck the fleet at, you know, where point. Okay. So, yeah. All right. And but, I don't think he, you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I don't think he had an alliance, though. He just tried to warn them to leave because of the coming war. But they said, now nah, we're going to do our own thing. And now they've been destroying the new army's um, food, I think. So they don't Not stay supplied. Yeah. Oh, okay. But here, here, here's one you must consider the um, the middle one of those three snippets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes, grab it. There are... So far north, yes. as the sun warms the ice and Avenir's bricks, settlements so talith. Packs of trunks mm-hmm. and bullies are mounted. Captain at arms provide a small escort. Her wish to embark on the trader says bend across Westland waters and her intent to rejoin her old husband. Yeah, tell it's mm-hmm. coming. And in a previous snippet, we found her in tears because mm-hmm. she was that's right, that's right. so yeah. far away from him. Also, another snippet that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, the Koreani enchant- enchantresses were trying to undo the wards on top of... Um, Althane Tower, that made me angry. <laughs> Why would you just try to unravel something without understanding what it was protecting from? A ward protects from something, does it not? Why would you just like? Why is that your default reaction? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're up to. <laughs> yeah, well, they 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 want their doodad, and you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they want the. Uh... Yeah. They want the waystone and the waystone, they're kind of yeah. convinced that they um, can just, you know, you know, we're just gonna stroll up and, you know, you know, uh safe crack our way in. And it's like, hmm. So they were trying to undo the new wards, right? Or was it serious wards? Uh, we read ahead, I don't think we've got to that point yet. Okay. I know I I know that they're you know, he's uh Moriel has sent her gave her the mission in the last book. Yeah. To, you know, you go do this or consider yourself unfit. And, but I don't think she's gotten to, um, gotten there yet to interest. Cause there's that one little bit where Moriel's uh, looking at the little, uh, crystal spears that have the images and she sees the whole, that the fellowship were doing something at Althane, but she has no idea what, cause she has no way to, I see. So, okay, the line I'm talking about is in striking unconcern for the Koryani plot to break the wards over Althane Tower, Satvir sits dreamy-eyed, etc. I I sort of assumed it was the new wards that they had set to prevent the wraiths from entering, but maybe it's just generic wards over Althane Tower that prevent Koryani entering. Okay, now I'm less angry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think Lorinda really has any idea about the other wards or mm, okay because you know, okay. fellowship stuff is pretty much like just this blank wall for them okay or it's just implied to be that you know because then as we've seen they they, they kind of draw their own conclusions about what the fellowship are doing and you know people who are like uh even alara was like wait no they didn't make a mistake mm. <laughs> did that on purpose <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep Okay, okay, that makes sense. I thought they saw that um, Sethvir set the new wards, and then they're trying to unravel those. And then also, why is Sethvir not concerned? Okay, maybe it's because he doesn't think that they can unravel them, which is probably true in this case as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 
that's cool. <laughs> I feel like we're forgetting to talk about something else, some other small things, but I have no doubt. So three chapters. Covered everything in the in the I know. three chapters so far. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how much is self-contained with it? I mean I, I say three chapters, it's really nine. I always treat these things as like nine mm. separate events yeah. that are gonna happen that, that we're taken through. So um um I don't know if it's in this three three. Is there a scene or I don't think it's in these three, but is there a scene where Seth Beer is talking to Trafe? No. 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 Okay, we haven't got that one yet. Yeah. Okay. Also, this one has a raven on the cover, so I'm I wonder if that means we'll see a lot more of Trafe. Mm. Trafe will be around. I like Trafe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's amazing, isn't it? We've seen him for a total of what ten pages, and I like Trait a lot too. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Like it's just the insights that they bring in the, in the places mm. that they're in, and when we kind of start to get to the stage where the fellowship, we get to start to pigeonhole them into where they are, who they are, mm. what they have done, that kind of stuff. You're like, yeah. I want to see more development of that, mm. or you know, yeah. Oh, we saw how uh, Setwe get got to be the only person with that widened consciousness that allows him to keep an eye on everything happening in the world so that that was interesting i was curious about that it was nice to have that answered all right anything else to bring up before we sign off i think we're good cool Chibi Poe, you want to start us off with? Sure, no, of course. Uh, <laughs> and again, I'm Chibi Poe. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Chibi Poe One. Um, I'm also around on uh, places under the radars, you know, Discord and you know, uh, the page chewing forums. Um, I'm probably going to pop up, you know, helping out someone here on Reddit and Goodreads for, you know, a little project, you know, soon um, involving this series. So that's why I'm mentioning Excellent. it. And uh, otherwise, that's where you can find me. There's still nothing on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but but always a promise that there could be. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Chris Moon. You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just my name. You can find me on the Patreon forums, or you can find me probably here in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm Jared. Uh, you can find me on my channel on YouTube, The Fantasy Thinker, and um, I'm on the Phage Chewing forums as well. And, uh, um, and blog. And oh yeah, the, I have a blog on uh, PhageChewing.com as well. That uh, I always um, I'm not very good at promoting myself, so I always forget <laughs> stuff, but yeah, that's yeah, you can uh, check those out too. So uh, yeah. And you can find me on my channel, Reading by Trainy Mountain, and I hang out a lot on the page during forum, so come talk to me there. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.